So why did Barack Obama say what he said at Terry McAuliffe's campaign rally in Virginia? And did he say it because he was lying or he's just so out of touch with anything? I'm wondering if there'll be an investigation into what happened last week in Portland. And I wouldn't have even brought this up, but thank you, Prima Raya Jabal or whatever her hell her name is. And finally, I'm going to make a pot shot at the miserable people in our society. I promise you right now, I will never be like this. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, it's Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Now, you might hear I've got a little bit of a frog in my throat. I sound kind of horsey. Uh, guess I'm coming down with a cold or have a cold, or it's just freaking cold today and it was cold last night <clears throat> i was feeling pretty bad yesterday so i got a feeling i just have a cold uh nose isn't running or anything and maybe i have covid who knows who cares i'm not going to get tested i find no reason for it but the one thing because i did stay home yesterday and today is that i love halloween because they have just about every crappy movie old movie for free on amazon prime so in the last three days in the last two days i have seen motel hell i bet you've never seen that one before that is a that's a real freaking um old movie and it's like a cult classic <clears throat> then i saw phantasm another cult classic movie called house I thought, I, I liked House. House was, I think, 1979, 1980. I liked House. A lot of people say, well, it's a stupid movie. Well, here's a newsflash. Yeah, it's a pretty stupid movie, but it, it's it's kind of fun. Uh, it's funny. It's not, it's not really, it's scary, but it's, yeah, it's not really scary, but it's funny. I saw The Reanimator. That's an awesome movie. The Night of the Living Dead. And I'm not talking the 19 or the 2020 version. I'm talking the black and white 1960 version, which I think is one of the greatest horror movies ever made. And there was one other one I saw. Oh, The Thing. I like The Thing. That's a good movie. Uh, but this is the best time of year, and I, I love it. I'm going to be sad when Halloween ends because I'm not a huge Thanksgiving guy. I'm a huge Christmas guy. But Halloween is the start of the greatest season of the year. And I'm really excited about it. The problem is after Halloween, then everything kind of goes straight to the dickens when it comes to movies. So let's get to it. Um, I got to tell you, Barack Obama decided to give Terry McAuliffe a boost in his in uh, McAuliffe's contentious governor race, just to understand something, McAuliffe was supposed to absolutely destroy uh, the his competitor, Republican competitor, Yunkin is his name, um, and he's not destroying him. As a matter of fact, the race is extremely close according to polls. Again, I don't know how much we put into polls, but let's just say McAuliffe is worried enough that he actually called on Obama to do a little speech for him at one of his campaigns. He did it with Biden. He did it with Kamala Harris. It, it, um, 
Stacey Abrams, who's never won an election before, but she thinks she's the governor of um, Georgia, So because she's complaining. So Obama does what he usually does. Anybody he disagrees with, he ripped them. And that's all he really did. He just basically pointed at everyone and said how stupid they were. Which is something Obama did in his eight years as president. A lot of people, he's a great, the thing is he's a good speaker. He's a good speaker. He speaks well. He looks at the audience. He tries to get close to the audience. But then he he will, without actually doing so, call them racist and stupid. And that's his shtick. Well, McAuliffe is in trouble for a reason. And I really don't think this speech helped him much. So let's listen to this. Here we are trying to recover from a global pandemic that has killed more than 700,000 Americans. That shut down thousands of small businesses and, and put millions out of work. We don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped-up culture wars. This fake outrage that, that right-wing media peddles to juice their ratings. And the fact that he's willing to go along with it instead of talking about serious problems that actually affect serious people? That's a shame. That's not what this election's about. That's not what you need, Virginia. Instead of forcing our communities to cut back at a time when we're just starting to recover, we should be doing more to support people who are educating our kids and keeping our neighborhoods safe. Okay, I'm going to give Obama a bit of a break. There are... Well, no, I'm just going to tear him up. He's a lying, out-of-touch communist. That's what he is. Elitist. Elitist communist. There are a couple problems with his speech here. And they've been pointed out all over the place in right-wing media. All right? First, he doesn't know what's going... Either he doesn't know what's going on in Loughton County, Virginia, which is why McAuliffe is in trouble, or... He doesn't care and he wants you to stop believing, uh, don't believe your lying eyes. Okay, because there's some serious issues going on in Virginia, specifically Loudoun County. Now, I never talked about this before and it was because it was kind of brutal. Uh, Maybe I should have. It's been talked about a lot. Now I'm hearing that a lot of the media is not talking about it and is actually excusing. What happened in Loudoun County? I thought it was really disgusting. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about this, and there's actually more news about it today. So le- le- here's the story of what happened, and why Terry McAuliffe is in trouble. Terry McAuliffe is getting beaten down right now because of his belief that the school system should be running the education of children, and parents should have no say in it. He said this in a debate against Yunkin. And that statement has been haunting him. Here's the problem. He's all in with the teachers' unions, just like every other Democrat. This is not serving well when the incident in Loudoun County, like this one, happens. It ends up actually killing him. So here's the story. The Loudoun County School Board allowed boys who said they were girls to use the girls' restrooms. This was temporary because they wanted to, they, the school board needed to hold debates about it and then they needed to vote and that never happened. A girl, 
A 14-year-old girl was sexually assaulted in the girl's bathroom by a boy who called himself gender fluid. He was 15. Now, I normally wouldn't talk about the actual crime, but the brutality of it might make you understand why I didn't discuss it before and why the state is so angry. He first walked into the bathroom wearing a skirt, grabbed her, he sodomized her, and then he forced her to perform oral sex on him. This is the very definition of a brutal rape. The father of the girl was called by the school to come pick up the girl because obviously she was really upset. He got upset because the school said they were going to handle this internally. They weren't going to call the police. He got upset, started yelling at the principal. The police were called and the father of the girl ended up being arrested. The boy was never was not arrested to this point. The police were notified by the father and a rape kit was taken on the girl that day. It was found that the rape did happen. She did have trauma and there was a rape. A police report was taken. The boy in with what the school said was we're going to handle it internally was transferred to another school within the Loudoun County District. The father shows up at a school board meeting telling his story. The head of the school board said that he was lying. He was unaware of any of any uh, sexual assault at the school. And then to compound it, some freaking lefty parent said, no, that's probably not true. It never happened. He got upset. Voices were raised. There was no violence. It's recorded. The police again were called, and the police arrested the father again. And this time you see a scuffle. That scuffle was used as evidence that the school board association used to uh, in the letter in the letter sent to the Department of Justice saying that these parents are acting like domestic terrorists. So what did the Department of Justice do? They released a statement saying they were going to investigate anyone who was committed any kind of violence, even though there hasn't been any violence at the school board meetings. They were going to invest that as domestic terrorism. Now it gets better. The boy who was accused of rape, raping this 14-year-old girl, commits a second rape at another school. And he is finally arrested. The Daily Wire finds out that the rapes were not recorded by the school district as required by law. So the school district actually has to say, yeah, we had this number of sexual assaults. Neither of these sexual assaults were reported. And it turns out after more investigation, there were several with sexual assaults that were withheld by the school district. The board issued an apology for what now is a cover-up. And they issued an apology for the rape. And two of the members ended up resigning. By the way, they all should resign. I don't know how the school board is still there. That entire school board needs to be torn down. The National School Board Association retracted the letter 
for the DA, DOJ, from the DOJ and then apologize to the parents. Merrick Garland on the, of the DOJ this week in front of the House Judiciary Committee admitted that the only reason he sent out that order was because of this letter from the school board association. There was no investigation done. The father and the family have started a multi-million dollar lawsuit against the Loudoun County School Board. The boy has now been indicted on two counts of non-consensual sex. That's how they termed it. By the way, that's rape. If there are two counts of non-consensual sex, it's rape. I, it's absolutely amazing. Today, the boy released, apparently this, a statement was released that stated the boy said, well, his watch got caught in his skirt. And that's where this misunderstanding came from. How his penis ended up in the places it ended up doesn't explain, isn't explained because his watch got caught on his skirt. And the fact that he actually uses that excuse, my watch got caught on my skirt, shows me how sick our culture is. Now you can see how angry I am about this whole thing. And you can see why I didn't really talk too much about it. I mean, it's been all over the news. So I figure, okay, I'll talk about things that aren't all over the news unless they're really a big deal. Yeah, this is a big deal. That, by the way, is why Terry McAuliffe might lose the governorship to a Republican in a very blue state. This is what Barack Obama is calling phony, conjured up culture wars. That doesn't sound like a culture war to me. That sounds like a school board that wants to teach crap that parents don't want, and then the school board sit back and demonize the parents and make themselves victims. I don't know if that speech is going to help. But you know, that wasn't even the worst thing. On the phony culture wars, the left is still bitching about a stand-up comedy routine by Dave Chappelle. It's been a month since Netflix released, released that comedy routine, where in an hour-long, hour-and-a-half-long comedy routine, Dave Chappelle mentions in about five minutes that men cannot say they're women and women cannot say they're men. And he jumped in defense of the woman, the lefty woman, who defended that there are actually two sexes. The gal who wrote uh, the Harry Potter books. I can't remember what her name is. Does that sound like part of the culture war where we got to get Dave Chappelle off the stage because he doesn't believe men can be women and women can be men? There are a dozen of those things happening today. People being fired from their jobs because they have conservative views. That's part of the culture war. Cancel culture is happening. That's part of the culture war. We can get into trouble today because we don't believe gay marriage is a thing. All the way to not using the right pronouns for somebody who's helping you at, at the uh, milkshake, uh, milkshake shop. This is all part of the culture wars, and they are always started by the left. Why does Barack Obama want us to ignore the culture war? Let's not forget, Barack Obama has been forwarding the culture war in his entire eight years as president. 
So why does he want this ignored? Because it makes that is a losing battle for Democrats. See, that's how Democrats work. That's how the left works. Listen to me on this, 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 and that, but just ignore this and ignore that when it comes around because of our stupid-ass policies. I'm sorry. Transgender rights is part of the culture war. And then when you allow boys into the female restroom, that is part of the culture war. And then when that boy entering the girl's restroom rapes a girl in the girl's restroom, and you have to defend it, which they can't, that's part of the culture war. So what do they do? They hide the parts of the culture war that basically prove our point. We, the longest, for the longest time, Republicans and conservatives have basically been ignoring these culture wars because they're just something that, you know, gay marriage, for example, I'm against gay marriage, but I don't consider a civil union in a courthouse a marriage. It's not like you're getting married in the Catholic church. So it doesn't bother me. Yeah. You know what? It should have because of the give a mouse a cookie principle. First, we want men and women of the same sex to get married. Next, they'll close the Catholic Church because they won't marry men and women. That's the give a mouse a cookie principle. This trans rights is part of this. And by the way, Barack Obama, anybody who disagreed with Obamacare, anybody who disagreed with any policy that he did, he called him a racist. You think that's not part of the culture war? CRT has gained steam because of Barack Obama's culture war. So I don't want to hear about phony culture wars from Barack Obama. He caused a lot of them. As a matter of fact, he is the synthesis of where this actually, the culture war actually came. The culture war has always been here, but he was a prime fighter for it. And I will go so far as to say he is really one of those that started the cancel culture. So the January 6th commission has been going on for over a month. Uh, They're now threatening Trump administration officials like Steve Bannon for not not testifying and ignoring all of their subpoenas uh, by Congress over who he talked to with the president on January 6th and who the president talked to on January 6th. Now, normally... A person within the president's cabinet or an advisor can be declared immune from subpoenas through presidential privilege, executive privilege. The privilege is carried through to the next administrations, and normally, though uh, it's not executive privilege is not part of the law once you're not president, it's just considered courteous for the next president to ignore it. Guess what? Biden won't do it. So Biden is saying, hey, Justice Department is an independent uh, bureaucracy, which is BS. Uh, Biden has been using the DOJ to as a uh, arm of the executive branch for since he became president nine months now, and we've got enough evidence that he does that. So that's not a big deal. I mean, he's doing the same thing with the IRS. He's doing basically what Barack Obama did in his eight years. He said they will make the decision to do what to do, what they're going to do. But I, I I bet you didn't see that coming, that they were going to go after Trump again. So I wasn't going to bring any of this up. 
Okay, now that we're looking, President Trump's uh, cabinet is now looking at going to jail again. Steve Bannon's been in jail twice already, and they never were able to get him on anything. But now he's looking at it again, and it still brings you to wonder why they're investigating January 6th so hard, but they've ignored everything that is happening that happened last summer. I mean, everything. Three billion dollars in damage done last summer and no one investigating it. But I, I figure that's an old story and I wasn't going to bring this up until Pramila Jayapal this weekend, a major member. Now I think she is the lead member of the squad. I think AOC has abdicated her role because she says too many, too many stupid things. Uh, made a little speech this weekend. Here it is. In my role on the Judiciary Committee, I also had the opportunity to directly question Attorney General Merrick Garland on the discrepancies in the treatment of January 6th insurrectionists as compared to how Black Lives Matter activists were treated. White supremacy is one of the most dangerous forces in this country, and it's critical to uplift the voices of all the black and brown activists who were tear gassed, shot with rubber bullets, and arrested simply for peacefully protesting police brutality. Simply for peacefully protesting police brutality. And we cannot ignore the fact that just months after these protests, violent white supremacists attacked our capital in the deadliest attack since the War of 1812. And at the end of the day, many were allowed to walk out or go free. Finally, while I could spend hours going into everything that happened in Washington, D.C. this week, my favorite part of the week was being back in Seattle and having the opportunity to go to a Seattle Kraken game. Go Kraken! Okay, this is, this is all crap, as you may know. <clears throat> all right. The insurrectionists, I'm not going to call them insurrectionists. They were rioters. Uh, by the way, of the 600 rioters that were actually in the in the uh, Congress, they actually arrested 450 uh, 50 of them. Nobody got ever accused of insurrection. They got accused of trespassing. One guy who was actually held for six months in solitary confinement, mind you, got 14 days in jail. After he was after he was convicted, should he have been convicted? We don't know. There's tons of there's tons of of um, there's tons of video that show that the police were letting him in. Now the the damage they did all is true. The threatening they did all that's true, and and they should be caught. They should be arrested. But to compare it to last summer, the peaceful protesters that were burning down. Buildings, including government buildings, that did $3 billion in damage, were peaceful protesters? This is what the Democrats do. Pramila Jayapal is an idiot. I mean, no one's going to listen to this crap. And they're going to sit there and say, listen, I, I lived in Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Detroit, all the places that this happened. Yeah, this was uh, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Austin, all those places that this happened. 
This was not peaceful. They were burning crap down. Businesses were destroyed. People were assaulted and killed. How many people died during the, quote, January 6th insurrection, end quote? One. And it was a rioter. That's the only person that died. The only person that was assaulted was, well, uh, who died was that rioter shot in the throat, Ashley Babbitt. This is just a lie, an absolute lie. Here's the question. What about the riots that are happening across the country now? What about investigating? I mean, you don't hear about them on CNN or MSNBC. Because they're not done by white supremacists. And that's another thing. Uh, If you know a white supremacist, do me a favor, give me a call. Because I do not know any white supremacists. I know none. I know no KKK members. The Proud Boys are a, uh, not a group I, I really dig, but they're hardly a white supremacist group. Their leader is a Mexican. So I'm not exactly sure what, what the Proud Boys, I'm not exactly sure what, white supremacist group she's talking about because I have yet to see a white supremacist. But all of these riots that are occurring are occurring because of left-wing groups. Antifa, BLM. BLM is not a peaceful group. BLM is a is a communist group. They call for it in their webpage, on their website. The two leaders said they are trained Marxists. They follow Marxism. But what about what's happening? Like last week, what happened in Portland? Celebrating the death of an activist last week, um, these people decided, and they are anarcho-communists, all right? Not exactly white supremacists here. These are far to the left group. Decided to run around the city causing a half a million dollars of damage. Couple hundred people. Attack 35 different sites. Let's let's listen. Let's listen. Here's uh now listen. Let let me read this from the Oregonian, Oregonian, which is the newspaper up there. Quote: A group of about 100 demonstrators broke windows, left graffiti scrawled on downtown Portland buildings Tuesday night at the end of a gathering commemorating the anniversary of an local activist's death. Police eventually declared the event an unlawful assembly, according to social media posts from the demonstration, after some people lit fires in the streets and set off fireworks. No arrests have been made, and investigations are underway. Why haven't any arrests been made? By the way, they still haven't had arrests. This this happened last week. The damage is believed to be over $500,000, and 35 separate locations were targeted, including banks, retail stores, coffee shops, and government buildings, according to police, who referred to the demonstrators as anarchists. Are there going to be any investigations into that? There were government buildings damaged, which the left likes to talk about when it comes to January 6th. How about this from Portland's Coin? This is an uh, this is another news outlet. Quote: Lieutenant Jake Jensen with the Portland Police Bureau joined the Pearl District Neighborhood Association meeting Thursday night on the heels of widespread vandalism in the area. Jensen said House Bill 2928. 2928 is a bill that disallows the police from using rubber bullets or tear gas. 
So basically, they can't use any crowd control devices, non-lethal crowd control devices. Continuing, is the reason officers aren't directly intervening as vandals damage downtown Portland property? The reason that, oh, this is what he said. The reason we did not intervene goes back to what we talked about last month with HB 2928 and the restrictions placed on us in in a crowd control environment, Jensen's told the meeting. That's the way our legislator legislature has said we need to operate in a crowd control environment. So that's the way we are going to operate in a crowd control environment. In other words, how are they going to operate? They're going to do nothing. <coughs> they can't do anything. They'll get into trouble. Let the crowd do what the crowd does. So what about that? Is that worth investigating since it led to criminals not being arrested, destroying private and public property? How seriously can we take the January 6th commission on this when we still have probably the same amount of damage done that was done to the uh, Capitol building? How serious can we actually take this? You know, here's why January 6th was a big deal. January 6th was a big deal because the elites were attacked. Now, I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's wrong. All these people should be arrested. But I also think all those people last summer should have been arrested. And I think all the people last weekend should have been arrested. These riots are like a weekly thing. If you've been to Seattle, Antifa is all over the street. They won't let you cross the street. They're all over the place. No one investigates that. No one investigates these leftist cities that keep screwing up and keep changing their laws so the police can't do anything. Then they bitch about white supremacists, which aren't there. Okay. Um, One of the things I had to do was become braver. This is the last story. It's not much of a story. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But I I wear a Free America shirt and an anti-Che Guevara shirt. I think Che Guevara is a terrible human being. I I don't know how all these college students, and I've had college students come up to me and say, where do you do that, man? Well, because he was a genocidal maniac and a racist and a coward. Half these people do not know anything about Che Guevara. I had a conversation with this kid. I said, well, he did this, 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 and that. He was arrested here. He begged for his life before he was actually executed. He's a coward. He's a piece of crap. He used to kill musicians because he thought they were gay. That sounds kind of like a homophobe. He didn't like black Cubans, so he imprisoned them in in gulags that were fashioned after the Soviet Soviet Union's gulags. Let's not forget, Che Guevara was trained by Soviet operatives. He is a piece of crap. Most of, For the most part, I get positive responses for my shirts. But I tell you what, about six months ago, I would have never worn a shirt like I'm wearing right now. Because I, I, I don't want the flashback. But I, I realize I'm not getting that much kickback. I get some dirty looks every once in a while. But for the most time, I got people, love your shirt. Love it. So why am I telling you this? Because you know something I realized? It takes some bravery to wear something that I believe in. Especially when we are not part of the mainstream anymore. Hey, newsflash, conservatives are now considered the hippie culture. We are the counterculture. I care for the people of this country, even the ones that are too stupid to know 
how great this country is. Or better yet, the ones that are just inexperienced enough not to know how great this country is. Whenever someone sits there and says, well, I don't think this country is that great. I don't believe that. I don't believe it at all. I typically ask these people two questions. I, I may have said one. I don't know. But I ask them two questions. What country would you rather have lived in? And have you ever been to a country like China, the Soviet Union, even Australia? Have you ever been to a country like that? And the answer is always no. They've never been there. I said, so how can you say? And then they asked me, here's something bizarre. I've actually been to China. Okay, I was on the outskirts of China. I saw the poverty in China. They are not living well in China. And my understanding today, now they've got actual gulags in China, concentration camps in China. It's supposedly actually gotten worse in China than it is now. And especially now, they're running out of power. They're running out of food. That's happening in China right now, this very moment. And Australia has always been a very iffy place. I ask them, have you ever been to these places? They typically say no. And then when I ask them, well, where would you rather live? And they tell me, basically, I had one guy tell me Africa, which isn't a country. It's a, it's a continent. It's just a landmass. Tell me where, and he doesn't have an answer. I don't typically get an answer. Well, here's the thing. This is an example of our society being cowards, not standing up for things. A man named Fiston Nagoy, and this isn't exactly the same thing, but this is it is the same thing, because if I'm too afraid to stand up for what I believe in, I'm going to be way too afraid to actually defend somebody within my country. So there was a guy named Fiston Nagoy uh, arrested on a train in Philadelphia for raping a woman. He was from Senegal on an expired student visa, which means he was an illegal alien. Um, he was already previously arrested. He's got a he's actually got a very long criminal record, including sexual assault and was never deported. He was working on this woman for 40 minutes. It started out as harassment, then he started ripping her clothes off, and then he started raping her. That sounds like a tragedy. You know what the biggest tragedy is? There were 15 other people on that train. They all saw it, and a bunch were actually filming this piece of crap raping this woman. They, nobody had the balls to actually sit up and do something about it. The question is, why is this happening in our country? Are we apathetic to violence, street violence like this? Or are we actually afraid to stand up? I don't know which is right. I think it's probably a little of both. I can tell you one thing. Um, smartphones have definitely created almost an apathetic nature to ourselves. We see things, I, I've heard this several times from cameramen, that they will look at uh, a scene through the camera lens and it doesn't seem real. I guess if we start filming a rape, maybe it doesn't make the rape look we real. So therefore, we 
just develop a kind of a an apathetic view of the world that stuff isn't happening. That's a, that's another human being being assaulted. Fifteen people. You mean to tell me two or three couldn't have gotten this guy? And that leads us to another question. This happened in Philadelphia, and the man, being from Senegal, of course, is black. What if two white guys had gone up and started beating the crap out of this this Senegalese character? What would have happened to them? Do you th- maybe some people thought of that? Is it possible some people said that I'm not going to get involved because if I get involved, we see this with we see this with when law enforcement is trying to get information on a crime. A lot of people say, "Hey, I'm not. No, I don't know. I." I don't want to get into it. Is it possible it's just people are afraid to speak up or do anything? I don't know. I know one thing. Last week, or two weeks ago, when some guy was being arrested for basically being crazy, whether it was drugs or whatever, I didn't film it. I didn't film it because it just didn't seem right. I watched the scene, but that's all I did. And I can tell you one thing, if I had actually seen that, if I had seen that, I would have done something about it. I would have just manned up, braved up, and done something about it. I have made I am making this commitment to you. I'm making this promise to you. I will never see some crap like that and not do something about it. That's the promise I make to you and myself right now. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene. You listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics.